Hi, I'm Cameron. And I'm Dominique. We both work for Starting Right Now, also known as SRN. A lot of times, homeless youth are spoken for. Often, people assume what homeless youth would need, and I want homeless youth to be able to speak for themselves. We're getting ready to blow up the best kept secret, beautiful unaccompanied youth. On this episode of Raising Me, we're talking with Lincoln. I always figured that if something bad happened, that like I could Google her name, see if any like articles popped up or anything. So once I got home from work, I googled her name and like saw like obituaries. It may have hurt, but it made me who I am today. Now through trials and tribulations, I still celebrate. Cause I'm starting right now. I'm starting right now. I was winter break, I remember, and I was living with one of my friends. And then I transitioned to staying with my mom again in a hotel. But it was like a few days before winter break when... Like, we couldn't stay at the hotel anymore. Mm -hmm. And my mom was going to go stay with, like... He was, like, a friend of my mom, kind of. Not really. Like, they didn't really know each other. They just, like, were neighbors. But he was in the apartment building that, like, we got evicted from. So I didn't think that that was, like, going to end well. (laughs) And I didn't want to be in that situation. Mm -hmm. So it was either, like, that or, like, go somewhere, like, a program or something, which I'd want it to do for a while, like, go into a program or be, like, emancipated or something, just because, like, I was really tired of, like, the whole situation that, like, was happening for, like, years and years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, like, really, like, dire that, like, I got, like, I figured out something. I had, like, a few days to figure it out or else mm-hmm. I guess I would have just went with her and, like, stayed in the apartment with that guy. I remember when, after you signed your contract and I took you to get your stuff, you said that, and I just said, like, oh, why don't you go with your mom? Because she said she was moving, too. And you said, we've moved around so much, I'm sick of moving. hmm Yeah. Mm-hmm. We moved a lot. Like, and it started when we lived in New Jersey. And then we, like, moved to Florida because my mom thought that maybe, like, it would be, like, a new start. But it just kept happening. And you said that at one point you were with your friend and then had gone back to your mom. Yeah. And I'd stayed with friends before, but usually she was there. But this time, like, he could not, like, have another person there. So that was the first time that, like, I actually stayed with a friend without my mom. But I'd stayed with, like, friends. We'd stayed in hotels. We'd stayed in, like, different shelters and stuff. When you say friends, are these friends your age and your mom would stay with um peers? Both. Mm-hmm. Um, friends from school or she had friends. Okay. Was there something in particular that made this time with these circumstances like the last time you were willing to tolerate? Um, I mean, I guess the first, like, one, because it happened so many times. And also, there was a guy in that apartment building that, like, had, like, harassed my mom because she stayed with him, but two. Like, she was staying with another guy, another neighbor, before staying with the other one. And he was, like, very fascinated with her, and it was really creepy and weird. So I knew that, like, we would run into him again, and, like, that would not be good. So I didn't want to be in, like, any of that situation. Even though you wanted to get out of the situation with your mom, you had a hard time leaving her. hmm Because it's always just been me and her. Mm-hmm. Because my mom and dad split up at a young, when I was young, like, eight, nine. So since then, it had always been me and her. But we had a good relationship in the fact that, like, we were very close and that it was always just us. 
and like I told her everything. So when you are in starting right now and she and you're like separated from her, like did you have mixed feelings about being in starting right now? You um, said when you entered, like it was dire, you didn't have a choice. I did feel like really bad when I first came in, like I felt really guilty. Um and I didn't express that until later, I think. Until like the first couple months that I felt really guilty for leaving my mom. Express to her, to the people in starting oh, right now? Express to like the people in starting right now. Because mm-hmm. I didn't really have contact with my mom because she didn't have like a phone. But like I did talk to her from time to time. It just got like more and more harder. And she just got like more and more like incoherent. Didn't really know what was going on. So it was kind of hard to hold a conversation. Like, and I don't know this to be true. This doesn't have to be on here. But were you guys moving a lot due to her drug abuse? Um. Well, she just, like, couldn't pay the rent. Mm. So she never really had money. I don't know if she was, because she was spending her money on drugs. But she just never had money and, like, could never pay the rent for a prolonged period of time. So. Well, I'm thinking, do you, and you can think about this for a minute. Do you want to explain some about your mom? I knew that, like, she had issues with, like, painkillers when I was younger. Because she went to therapy for it. I did not know how serious it was. But I would just, I just knew she went to therapy for it. And, like, some of her friends also had, like, drug issues. So they would go, like, back and forth and, like, talk about it. I remember when I joined Starting Right Now, and I was talking to my aunt, and I was saying that my mom, like, kept taking my money out of my, like, bank account because she had, like, it was, like, joint custody or whatever. And my aunt told me, like, that she's probably using it for drugs. And that was, like, kind of, like... The answer, like, I always suspected, mm-hmm. but, like, that was, like, like this is, like, I know what's happening now. Considering that, like, when she was staying in a shelter once she left the apartment with that guy, because he didn't really want her anymore. So she stayed in a shelter, and she didn't have a phone, so she, I couldn't contact her. And I knew that, like, she was going, like, downhill, I guess you can say, with, like, I guess drug use, I don't really know. But every time I tried to call her, she was just very, like incoherent couldn't really like keep a conversation that was kind of like the start of it and then I hadn't talked to her for like mm, I don't know like a month so I was just like walking home from work and this like song came on and it kind of like reminded me of her and it was kind of sad because like the song was written about the artist artist's dad who passed away Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like that kind of like opened up my eyes so I like went home and I always figured that if something bad happened that like I could google her name see if any like articles popped up or anything so once I got home from work I googled her name and like saw like obituaries I didn't know that's how you found out oh yeah so no one ever contacted you no because she never had anyone listed as like next of kin or kin or like family or anything Mm -hmm. so I had to like contact the cops and stuff which is very weird and confusing (laughs) so i had to go through like different people and then finally someone called me back and like confirmed it this was something that um when you google searched her was that even like a possibility of something that could come up like were you considering that um i don't really know i didn't really know what to expect. Did you try calling the shelter first before Googling her Yeah, name? I tried calling them a lot of times, but they said that, like, um, it was confidential that they can't really, like, 
say who's staying there. They can't really, like, transfer the call. The only, like, other option would be to visit her, but it was all the way in Clearwater. Mm-hmm. So, and also, I didn't really want to see her in that state because I felt like that would just be, like, really, like, heartbreaking to me. Mm-hmm. To, like, see her, like, on, like, drugs or, like, incoherent. So, I always thought that, like, because there was help at the shelter. So, there was, like, a rehab facility there. So, whenever I did talk to her on the phone, I would always, like, mention to her that, like, that she should go. Mm-hmm. But she just never did. So, that's an awful way to find out that your mother has passed away. I know I've said this to you before, but that's not ideal, and I'm very sorry that it went down that way. I don't know. Maybe if they, like, wrote my, like, if they knew I called so many times and I said, like, that I was her, like, child, like, they could have written that down, like, side note, so that they would let me know if there was anything that happened. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure these shelters have a lot of people coming in and out Mm -hmm. of them, but we still have to treat people like humans, and God forbid something happens. I mean, you should be able to make sure that their family members know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like in your situation, obviously it was like very extremely complicated. There were a mix of things going on, which is why you were not with her and you were alone. And mm-hmm. um, but nonetheless, it's like these situations do exist clearly. Mm-hmm. And it's different if someone is trying to find someone. I can see how that's a confidentiality mm-hmm. issue. Like I want to come there and pick them up, maybe, mm-hmm. or confirm that they're there. But if something happened to them, I would think there should be some sort of release. Yeah. Have you thought about what it would have been like if you had not been in starting right now at the time? At the time. Of her passing or um, since then even, the time since then? I would imagine that if I was still living with her and she passed away, that would be very, like, I'd be just scrambling. (laughs) Like, that'd just be a lot to deal with. And since then, I wouldn't have, like, the resources to, like, go to grief counseling and, like, stay in, like, a safe place that I can be able to feel my feelings and go through the whole process. Yeah, because, I mean, if you're scrambling to figure out what you're doing, you don't have, there's no time for you to... Grieve. Yeah, Mm -hmm. grieve, which is important. Yeah. You wouldn't want that to hold you back as you work through that. So how did you discover SRN? The social worker at Dixie Hollins. I went to her and was just like, I need help. I don't know what I'm going to do. I need somewhere to stay that is not, that, that's like safe. So starting right now, originally started in Hillsborough County. After a decade of doing it there, we were asked to move to the neighboring county in Pinellas. You were a student of the second class in Pinellas. Um, so starting right now was just starting there. Mm-hmm. Um, and only accepting 10 students. We accepted 10 the first year. and We were only going to accept 10 during her second year. Yeah, we were starting slowly Mm -hmm. just to make sure we were doing things right as Mm -hmm. we expanded because we didn't want to dilute our resources. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make sure that we were still being effective. So, and I'm sure there was a lot of conversation as you're going through starting right now about Pinellas being new. Mm -hmm. came up, yeah. So did you have thoughts about that? Like just the idea of that there being so much of a need for a program like this that now they're, the one that was originally started in Hillsborough is expanding. Um, I think it says a lot that, like, when I first joined, there was, like, so little people, and now there's, the house is, like, almost completely full. Um, once you, like, reach out to kids in need, and, like, once they know that there is a program for them, it'll attract them, but if they don't know what's happening, they don't know that there's resources out there, Mm -hmm. they don't think that there's any help. It's very important to, like, reach out to people, because people don't want to reach out for themselves so if you take that first step and like let them know that there is like help for them 
that's very like important. Right. And now that the house is full, the greatest advocating is happening because the kids are telling their friends who are in similar situations, yeah. hey, you should talk to your social worker about starting right now. There's a couple beds left. You might be eligible. Here's what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Well, and the social workers, I mean, that's true. Mm-hmm. And also social workers that have put students in the program Correct. when it first started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now know that like things are actually happening that we say are happening and that students do feel safe. And so recommending more students is something mm-hmm. that's a viable option. Yeah. We're happy to grow in Pinellas, and I wish there weren't the need. We're slowly eliminating the need, but I'm glad that we can offer it to as many people as we can. Once you got into the program, um, did it meet your expectations? Yeah, I didn't really, I don't know. I kind of just went with the flow because, like, all my life I've just gone with whatever. I don't really, I adapt really easily. I, like, expected the classes I expected the curfew and all that stuff, so. And you were assigned a mentor, correct? Yes. Who's your twin? <laughs> she you was talk nice. about Katie a little bit? Yeah. When we first met, it was awkward, like, the first, like, couple months, just, like, which I expected. And she was like, it's kind of like forced relationship, which, like, yeah, but. I mean, that is true. It, like, yeah. it makes sense. Like, you are paired together and told to, like, slowly make a relationship. Yeah. I, I would understand how that would be. A little awkward at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, like, I don't know, you realize that these people are, like, volunteering their time, and they really, like, want to, like, help you succeed. And she's really nice, and she's really, like, creative and crafty. She has a lot of fun stories, so. Well, Katie specifically was there for you during two really big events that happened during mm-hmm. this past year and was one of the first people you reached out when those events happened. Mm-hmm. Why did you decide to reach out to her during that time? Um, I guess because I didn't really have anyone else to reach out to. Like, when my mom passed away, I guess I could have reached out to my aunt, but, like, that was the whole thing because I didn't even know if she knew, and I didn't want to be, like, the first person to tell her when I, like, just found out and I'm, like, a wreck. I felt like it'd be easiest to tell her, and then she could be, like, the tie to, like, SRN. So it'd be easier on me so I don't have to tell all these people at once Mm -hmm. that, like, I just tell one person, the message kind of just, like, spreads that you lost your mother yeah mm-hmm. and then when I lost my aunt I really didn't have anyone to tell because <laughs> she was like the second mom so um I told Katie and then that happened and then I told I think I told my dad yeah I told my dad but yeah I'm not really close with my dad so I didn't think to for him to be the first person mm-hmm. but just like she was a great tie with like SRN did she react in a way that was helpful to you? Yeah. She didn't, like, freak out or anything, and she, to- like, she helped calm me down and stuff. And she was just like, okay, well, I'll tell Dom, and we'll try to figure everything out and stuff like that. So it was, like, really calming. It was kind of hard because she, like, kept asking me questions, and I could, like, not talk or think. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. But I remember um, when she passed... And I was going to, like, grief counseling and stuff, and I told Natalie, who's my roommate, and I told her that, like, I was, like, I had really bad guilt. And she was, like, oh, like, I remember you saying, like, when you, before your mom passed away, that you felt really guilty for leaving her. So you just have a lot of guilt. And I was, like, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I've heard that explanation from a lot of students that have been in the program that, like, being and starting right now is very confusing because... You want to be with your family, which makes sense. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're and, making a decision for yourself, mm-hmm. which is challenging because you feel like you're leaving people behind. Mm-hmm. 
And so starting right now connected you with grief counseling Mm -hmm. after your mom passed away, which I presume was very helpful to you. Yes. Mm -hmm. What would you say was your greatest lesson? They helped me a lot with my grief, which Mm -hmm. was like, not my grief, well, my guilt, (laughs) which was a very big part because I always like blame myself for it. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I realize like that's not true and that like even if I didn't leave, she still could have passed away because of her drug issues. Mm-hmm. So that was really helpful. Shout out to the Life Center. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, from an outsider, my observation is that, yeah, that doesn't seem like, although I would understand why it would be difficult, that doesn't seem like your responsibility or even anything you are capable of rectifying. I think it's harder than someone who is not addicted could under- even understand. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people view addiction as like the person's fault but like once you're in that situation and you're like addicted it's very hard to like just snap out of it Mm -hmm. um so I would say if you know somebody or if you just come across anyone maybe be a little kinder and don't be so quick to judge and like think that it was all they're doing I agree is there a particular moment while being and starting right now that you had like a feeling like, oh, I'm, I feel safe here. I have people that care about me. Probably just like being able to come home and not have to worry about like being kicked out and like having a place to sleep and not having to worry about like how many more days you have in this house. Like and having help with like government stuff, like getting food stamps and like help in school and like with your grades and stuff just having the extra support system instead of just like one person like your parent that's also dealing with a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. so you feel like you can't really like go to them just because like they already have a lot of stress so they can't really help you yeah you built somewhat of a tight-knit family with a couple of the girls in the program and the managers do you want to talk about your relationship with the managers or with other students I remember the night that I found out my mom passed away and all the house managers kind of just like they gave me my space but also like let me knew let me know that like they were there for me and stuff so that was really nice um and then the other people in the house I don't know if they all knew they all found out at one point but they all said that they they were there for me and like if I wanted to hang out or like watch TV or talk or anything that they were there for me so mm-hmm. Do you have thoughts about what it's like to be in the Starting Right Now house and live with other students who are going through a similar, different but similar situation? Like, these are other people, young people who are not with their families for various Mm -hmm. reasons. How does it feel to be with those people? It's very comforting, weirdly, to, like, be surrounded by people that are like you when you, like, went your whole life thinking, like, that you were so different and, like, isolating yourself and being ashamed. So when I first joined, I was oddly, like, comfortable, and, like, I felt like we had a connection just because we went through the same situations, because mm-hmm. growing up, sometimes you're surrounded by people that are doing, like, a lot better than you, so you feel very ashamed for your situation. It's also therapeutic just to be able to speak to someone that knows how you feel and that you can share experiences and, like, maybe feel that you're a little less crazy or a little less weird. <laughs> We didn't crazy aren't bad things. <laughs> yeah. We have a a person who 
has come and talked to the students. I can't remember if you were there. Were you there when Liz Murray came last year? I don't think so. You might have been. I don't remember. But she wrote a book called... She Ra- had to be there. Yeah. Because you'll remember as yes. I tell about it. But Liz Murray was an unaccompanied youth in the Bronx in like the 80s and 90s for various situations. And through a series of circumstances, managed to get herself through school and won a scholarship through the New York Times to Harvard. She says now her tagline is from homeless to Harvard that follows her. She has become close with my mom because she was an unaccompanied youth and my mom now has, starting right now, which works with unaccompanied youth. And Liz Murray came and talked to the students one year. I can't remember if you were there or not. But um, Liz likes to say, she does. she's done a lot of talks and she's so infi- insightful. And one of the things she says is that belonging is becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a really good way of saying how important it is to feel like you have um, a community and you are with people who get you and feel like you matter. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that that is something we're providing with starting right now, love and belonging. Yes. When you put people like of similar situations with each other, there is like a special bond that you're able to form and you can talk about certain things that you can't talk about with other people. Mm-hmm. And you feel just like, you feel more like a person. You don't feel less like an outcast. Mm-hmm. So that's really nice. And how does it feel to have the staff who are like very present, maybe sometimes a little more present than y'all would like, um, but um, with good intentions? It's very comforting to know that you have like all these people, all these adults rooting for you. Because I know for me and a lot of other people in the program, we don't really, growing up, we didn't really trust adults. We always thought, like, adults, like, looked down on us for, like, the way we were, the way we acted. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, like, the situations we went through with our parents or friends of parents, family members, whatever. So to have, like, adults there for you and, like, working so hard to make sure you succeed is maybe sometimes foreign and also, like, it's just very comforting and it's a good surprise <laughs> and you feel secure. I remember when you first came to Starting Right Now, you were a little bit uncomfortable with all the attention that you were receiving from the staff. So whether it was every time you came in, you know, people screaming your name or pulling you aside to have conversations with you, you didn't love that. Is that true? Um, I guess it was just overwhelming just to be around so many people when, like, just growing up, it's just you and your mom. So I wouldn't say, like, that it, like, bothered me. It was just overwhelming, I guess. Mm-hmm. But now I've gotten more comfortable with it. So, I mean, I've always been more of like a quiet person that kind of just is in the background, just chilling. So, yeah, I think we should for a minute acknowledge the fact that in a lot of ways you defy, I think, what a lot of people would think of as a homeless youth, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had a job for a very long time. You're always very kind and very patient and you were a diligent student. And still a diligent student. Yeah, still mm-hmm. a diligent student. Even amongst all the circumstances going on, you were making things work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you know, you were reliable and you showed up and you didn't make waves. It's like you didn't have behavioral problems. Mm-hmm. Do you want to speak on that? Like people have an impression on what an, an, a homeless youth, quote unquote, is. And yet you defy all those things. Mm-hmm. I know for me and a lot of other people used school as like an outlet because we say that, like, we didn't have control over, like, our home life, so we wanted to control, like, our academics and stuff. So school was kind of, like, my escape. Like, I could go there and feel safe and, like, be with my friends and, like, just focus, be able to focus on one thing instead of, like, 10,000 things. So that was a part of it. I don't know. I just always try to be a kind person. I never really was, like, a person to cause drama or anything. 
because I don't see the point in that like people are already going through their own stuff why add more to it and I guess I kind of didn't want people to add their stuff onto mine because I was already going through a lot so mm-hmm. I look at it the same way as them. Do you have how do you feel about the concept of us giving a platform for um, SRN students to share their stories and have a voice? I like it a lot because um, like you mentioned there are like already like stereotypes about like homeless youth and like people already like presume their own things about them so for people to be able to tell their own story and like tell their viewpoint and like why they did this and why this happened Mm -hmm. it's a nice insight for people that don't have those connections so that they can like see into the a different world like maybe change their mind and judge a little less a whole lot less a whole lot less Mm -hmm. every single student that has been in starting right now i've met them all has been every single one has been extremely interesting and creative and funny and smart and, and kind and loving kind and, and loving mm-hmm. and inspiring every single one yeah i wish the the world would see that and actually it really speaks to me just that everyone is capable of that if given the opportunity to show that side of them mm-hmm. what would you say to a student who's considering joining starting right now um I would say don't just think in this moment that like, oh, it might be uncomfortable or like, I don't really want to do that. Like, I don't want to live with other people. Like, think about your future because it really does set you up for your future and your future goals. Think about like your school, like they help you with your grades. If you're failing currently, they help you get back on track with that so you can graduate. And like, if you want to pursue education afterwards, they help you with that. I know a lot of people that I've talked to say that like once they like join it feels like fresh air that you can finally like breathe and nobody's like nobody is down your throat and like that you can come home and like feel safe. What are you up to right now? (laughs) Um, I'm in cosmetology to get my cosmetology license Uh and I'm almost halfway there. Hey! (laughs) Um, So that's really interesting and really fun because throughout all of my high school like freshman Through senior year, I was in cosmetology programs at Dixie, but I also was doing other classes. I did, like, film classes, and I had my other, like, academic classes, so I didn't have time to finish the whole program. So I just started fresh in college. I'm learning a lot more. It's going a lot more in-depth, and it's just very fun and interesting, and I just have, like, I have a big interest in cosmetology, so it's fun to, like, wake up every day and, like, do something that I actually enjoy because a lot of people don't actually get to say that like they they like get to study what they actually enjoy in school like especially high schoolers like once you finish high school you can actually do stuff that you like <laughs> not just math every day yeah i'm glad to hear that you're doing something that you actually care about that mm-hmm. matters that to you me love. yeah mm-hmm. what would you want to say to yourself if you could say to lincoln just joining starting right now what would you want to say to yourself it's not going to solve all your issues you're still going to have some issues but you'll work through them and you'll have a support system to help you you will feel more stable you'll have better people to surround yourself with um you'll be able to go to school for what you love and not have to worry about money all the time and you'll grow as a person and you'll always grow as a person just keep going keep hanging in there i think that's a really realistic way of putting it that Mm -hmm. we are here to support you as you grow Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lincoln, for talking with us today. Thank you for, for being honest. Me. I know that wasn't the easiest thing to do, but yeah, you did it very eloquently. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for giving me a place to speak my truth. If you are a homeless youth or know someone else who is a homeless youth, 
Please notify your school social worker to contact starting right now. Thank you for listening. This broadcast is brought to you by Humana Foundation, Hillsborough Education Foundation, and WEDU. If you want to become a mentor or supporter, please email info at startingrightnow.org.